and five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to America.com. My name is Rich Doc Hayden, and I am with... And here we are. It is almost the middle of October. We are with our friend and 2-7 brother, Matthew Maxwell. Maxwell, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Good, great, great, great. So, as we were just, we were just had a little conversation beforehand. We were saying that um, things in the uh, war in Ukraine are actually going pretty well for the Ukrainians. Now, you know, in war, things can change on a dime. Uh, there's momentum goes one way or another, and a couple of couple of small, um, seemingly insignificant events can shift the momentum one way or another. But at the moment, I think it's still pretty safe to say that uh, the uh, Ukrainians still have the momentum, and all of the key sort of uh, indicators. Uh, at, at least at the moment, are really in their favor. So, um, with that being said, though, you know we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Harp, let me open it up to you. What are you seeing? What are you thinking? Yeah, I was just reading up on the bridge thing here that we was going to talk about. Uh, the main thing that's been in the news, and then I did see where uh, I think it was Key that got shelled. Yeah. Uh, once again, here, here, in the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's about this. Been coming, coming through the news feed around here. Yeah, the uh, Perch Bridge was attacked by Ukraine. I'm still, I, from everything that I've read so far, still a little unclear as to what it was. The the video looked like a car bomb, but it might have been a missile. It might have been something else. But I, I that'll that'll come out in the next few days. But um, has, it, has the Ukraine government said they did it, or is it just like a militia coming out of? Ukraine that has taken ownership of it. I I don't know if they have officially claimed responsibility, but I did read a fantastic article over the um, weekend, and I mean every uh, every um, official official in Ukraine are talking about it, and like they said, like um, the uh, um, they were <laughs> this is pretty funny. Like um, there's a ton of memes going around, and like everybody's jumping on, and like you know, um, I don't know if Zelensky posted a meme, but like you know, government of Ukrainian government officials are like posting memes and like saying stuff. Like like one government official, so the the bridge was attacked either on or the day after Putin's birthday, and one guy got like a Marilyn Monroe meme and like uh, posted and was like, "Happy birthday, Mr. President." The other one that I thought was friggin' hilarious was. Um, the Ukrainian, uh, the railroad or their, their metro, their metro agency had a picture of the train on the bridge that was on fire afterwards and said, no smoking on trains, please. And I was like, Oh, burn. So, um, so I don't, I don't know if they officially have, but it was, I mean, it was obviously orchestrated by, um, uh, the Ukrainian, probably the Ukrainian intelligence services of one way or another, but, um, but yeah, it was it was pretty pretty. This attack was brazen and crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so Maxwell, let me open it up to you. What have you been seeing? Oh man, so yeah, the bridge thing that was pretty wild. The video is pretty wild, and uh, you know that's like a strategic asset, right? Like so, especially the fuel train in and out of Crimea and tied to Russia, like, uh, so that's, 
to me, considered a legitimate target. Again, infrastructure that supports the war machine. Mm. Now the freaking uh, cruise missile strikes by the Russians. Now that's indiscriminate and hitting civilian yeah. targets primarily. And it, I mean, we all have military experience here. Like, there's a lot that goes into like a cruise missile TLAM strike, like a targeting piece specifically. So. You know, it's not like one or two erratic missiles. Like they, these are specifically targeting civilians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they hit in Odessa, Keith, uh, Dnipro, and our friend, uh, our friend in Dnipro. We reached out to her to find out how she was doing, and she said she hasn't been this scared since the beginning of the oh, war. Yeah. Uh, because Nipro's been kind of out of it. Yeah. But, um, you know, they had, to, they had to take shelter. They had to go to underground into bomb shelters and spend the night there. And uh, it's, it's kind of rough. But, you know, these fucking, these fucking butchers are hitting playgrounds with a goddamn cruise missile. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah, that's crazy. You know, and yeah. as U.S. goes, like... That shit would never fly. Yeah, we we would never do that shit. Now, I don't think there's any amongst us that would even ever think that that's yeah. justified. Yep, a hundred percent. I I completely agree. And and actually, let me take this opportunity to kind of um, just I had a very sunny disposition coming into this. Let me roll that back a little bit just to say, regardless of where the momentum uh, in the army, uh, you know, where the military momentum is going, uh, you know, the people on the ground in Ukraine are still struggling, still suffering, um, still like, you know, like your friend, very, very, very scared. So, um, uh, you know, let's definitely, um, keep them in my, in the, in our hearts. And, and if, uh, my comments seemed a little too rosy, I do apologize about that. But, but Maxwell, you were absolutely right. Yeah. The, um, the, just this sort of targeting of, um, you know, playgrounds, civilian areas. I heard the EU actually said that, um, you know, there's possible war crimes here because um, I, you know, I would agree with you that the, um, there, there's, a, there's a big difference between Ukraine attacking the bridge and Russia launching missiles just into Kiev and into these civilian areas. And first, number one, they are tr- the, the bridge is used to transport um, uh, material, fuel, and um, you know items for the uh, Russian war effort. So that makes it a legitimate target. But also too, the uh, you know the bridge was attacked um, at night. It, the three people did die, so that's not insignificant. But it was not you know attacked during rush hour, not attacked uh, you know at, at a time of the day to sow the most fear. It was you know three people. Were, were killed, you know, um, I forget exactly what time of day it was, but it was in, you know, it was at night, so it was a time when there were less people, um, uh, you know, traveling and using the bridge, who knows, maybe that was a, a tactical necessity, I don't know, but either way, um, it's very different than, yes, launching missiles. I, and, I, yeah. I don't even think the bridge was the target, I think the target was the fuel train. Oh, okay. Because it's specifically, you know, it, here's, yeah, I mean, the bridge suffered, mm. uh, like, second and third order effects from it, right? But if you think about it, and I doubt it was a car bomb, because I watched the tape, and I really think there was probably a missile strike by the Ukrainians, specifically on that rail, with the, I mean, 
That's a fucking train full of gas. That's mm. a fucking prime target. Yeah. Yeah. You might you might be right about that. Yeah. You may be right about that. Um yeah, which is which is crazy. So yeah, that's a good point. That's an excellent point. I hadn't I hadn't quite considered that. So um but yeah, yeah. I always say sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Yep. 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 And I think and actually from from what I read too, I guess there's um sort of two sides to this bridge. One side is the rail side, the other side is the automobile side. And the automobile the, the car side completely collapsed. The rail side um, I guess it was, they, they have run a train across it since then, but, um, who knows if, uh, you know, it would, the, um, the, the, uh, track is able to, um, you know, support the weight, uh, support the weight of a full train or what that, the article that I read and I said, you know, um, the, the Russian might have just run a train over it to, uh, maintain appearances. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know who knows, you know what I mean? Either way. The bridge did do two things, though. Number one, strategically, yes, it, it did disable or at least slow down this one, um, you know, critical, uh, um, you know, supply point for Russia. And also, too, was just a huge black eye for the Russians. I mean, like, this was supposedly, this bridge was supposedly um, well defended and well guarded. And uh, the fact that the Ukrainians can hit it and, and hit it so effectively, I mean, is a... Um, you know, it, it's uh, psychologically must have really, really, I guess it really got to Putin, you know what I mean? But must really go to the Russian command. Wait, Harp, what do you, what do you say about that? I mean, like, if, uh, <laughs> you know, what do you think Putin's thinking right now? I mean, he, he's got to be knowing they're, right, they're on his heels now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, of course, we all know what he's really thinking. He's thinking he's still going to win win this, uh, or else obviously he'd be doing the other way, and he's not. Mm-hmm. But it, it is, a, like you said, it is a black eye for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I seen another another thing come in the news from, did you see where Nissan's leaving Russia? I did not see that. That Nissan sold the plant that mm-hmm. they had in Russia. For one year, so Nissan's going to take a six hundred and eighty-seven million dollar hit, but they're leaving Russia. Damn, damn, damn! If so, I mean, I, I guess he, he could take over that plant and start building as many Nissans as he could on his own. So he's not got a part of it. Yeah, he's he's going to move in and and re at the beginning of the war they. Moved in and they they um reintroduced they, some of these I, I forget who which, which uh, car company it was but one of the other car companies did the same thing, and um the the Russian government so they you know the, uh, nationalized the plant and they're making um these old Soviet era cars again and I was like oh okay yeah so they you know they didn't work in the eighties and they won't work now but that's cool so um yeah so <laughs> um. But yeah, I I have a couple more things to say about the bridge. But but Maxwell, do you have any other thoughts on the bridge? I uh, no, that's that's really the main part right there. Mm-hmm. Cool. So actually, I'm sorry, I don't not necessarily the bridge, but the aftermath. So in the aftermath of um, this bridge attack, um, you know, over the weekend, Russia then launched um, a number of uh, missiles into just indiscriminate, um, well, maybe I'm not saying indiscriminate, but into civilian areas um, in 
you know, cities in Ukraine. And so I've, I've read a bit about this. And actually, uh, you know, if it wasn't so scary, again, for the um, civilians, this is actually kind of a, a, a desperate gambit on behalf of the Russians. And, and there's a couple things that I analyzed. So, so, so one of the articles that I read said that um, a number of analysts, um, you know, both inside and outside Ukraine, think that um, Russia is now, you, it's, it's running out of, um, running out of uh, weapons because the uh, missiles that they were shooting into um, Ukraine were not the most accurate, so they think that they are not using their most sophisticated weapons. Who knows, perhaps they're saving, the, the article speculated, perhaps they're saving their more sophisticated weapons to use um, against the uh, Ukrainian army, but um, the stuff that they shot in was um, sort of a second tier, second or third tier uh, stuff. Um, they also, this article also said that um, Russia is being, you know, resupplied in part by Iran. It did say that some of the drones that were using these attacks were Iranian drones. Um, the uh, it also said that they are potentially um, being resupplied by North Korea and uh, just receiving artillery and our um, munitions from North Korea. If that's the case, the Russian military is in dire straits and uh, really won't be able to hold out that much longer. The other interesting thing that I read is that um, the there were 83 missiles that were shot into Ukraine and um, uh, you know, uh, in, during this attack, and Ukraine shot at least 43 of them down. Um, that was according to uh, that was according to the Ukrainian government. So who knows? Maybe that was um, maybe those numbers were a little high, but um, still they did. I mean, nonetheless, they shot down a number of these missiles. So um, you know the 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 underlying um, again. I keep going back to the we, last couple weeks. We talked about the fundamentals, but the the fundamentals for Russia are not looking good. Maxwell, have have you read uh, anything specific about the attacks and and specifically, you know, referring to these attacks on civilian centers? What are your thoughts on these uh, attacks by Russia on civilians, and what do you think that says about the overall state of the war? Well, it's clearly, I think, desperation, right? I mean, Russia has proven time and time again that they're unprofessional. And uh, it just, this is, this is what you do. In fact, I was watching footage before we got on the call of them using incendiary, like, you know, red and white phosphorus on civilian targets. And, uh, you know, it's just maximized the carnage at this point, right there in a, in a true desperate measure. And, uh, you know, my buddies in the Mozart group, Andy Milburn was on CNN. If it wasn't this morning, it was yesterday, and they asked him the same question about the, the cruise missile strikes. Like, cruise missiles are of limited quantity to the Russians, and they're using them like this happenstance against civilian targets, which, like I said, stated earlier, if anybody knows about cruise missiles, like, there's a lot that goes into that. It's not, you just don't wob them, uh, you know, it's not like dropping a 500 pounder from fucking plane, uh, with no like JDAM capability or anything like that. Like there's like those before that thing's launched, the, the targeting shit's like 
entered into it, right? So they're just hitting population centers. Um, and they're using up the stock of this stuff. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And Andy brought up the fact, like, the Ukrainians still have an integrated air defense system that the Russians aren't even targeting, right? There's There are so many military targets that they could be going after, and they're not. They're just, like, strike deep into the heart. What are the places they couldn't get to? Kiev, freaking Dnipro, freaking Odessa. Now they're hitting them with fucking deep strike fucking cruise missiles into population centers to just spread the freaking chaos, right? Because they can't fucking win it on a fucking conventional fight. And they're using cruise missiles now. What's the wild card, right? Do we go tactical nuke at some point? I hope not, but fuck, man. You know, what... what it seems at this point, like, who knows what the fuck the Russians are going to do. I agree. I agree. And I, I think that's the scary part. And and you know what? This is an interesting segue into the next thing I want to bring up. So, um, Russia just had a um, leadership shakeup. So, the new general in charge of the, um, you know, the Russian high command is a general named Sergei Suravakin, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, um, and he commanded forces uh, in Syria. And his, I'm just going to, I just read an article about him, but he's, he is, I'm going to read just a little bit from this article, but he is basically um, the, he's, he's exactly like the, um, the Russian leadership. And first of all, if anybody um, is a, if you're able to go and uh, actually view a picture of him, he kind of looks like a Russian Dr. Evil. I mean, he's bald, he's really angry looking, and just looks like, just, just like, I mean, out of central casting for a Russian general. Um, okay, so this is from the New York Times. Uh, Russia's defense ministry on Saturday appointed a general with a reputation for ruthlessness and long experience fighting in complex wars to command his forces in Ukraine. All right, um, now... He has, I see, I'm sorry, let me get to the point, it's, um, there, uh, alright, so, uh, the, okay, I'm sorry, so, uh, so basically, he was sent to, he's been in prison twice, once for arms dealing, and once, um, in 1991, troops under his command, um, killed a couple of protesters in Moscow, um, he's apparently, um, he was in Chechnya in the early, this is from the article, he was in Chechnya in the early 2000s and led Russian forces in Syria, according to his biography on the Defense Ministry's website. Human Rights Watch said in 2020 that he was among military leaders who might bear, uh, command responsibility for human rights violations, uh, in Syria. So, this guy is basically the... Russia's strategy all rolled into one. And he's not, uh, my prediction, from, from what I see him, he's really not going to alter much on the battlefield because, you know, all, uh, 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 um, uh, you know, Kadyrov and all of the nationalists in Russian media, um, all the hard right guys are all super happy about him because apparently he's, um, he's, uh, uh, he's basically like, the if he if you have a uh, if you have a dumb inarticulate 
unthinking, brutal, corrupt version of General James Mattis. Um, so basically, Mattis minus all of the good things plus a bunch of horrible things. Um, that's this guy. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I shouldn't even compare right. him. This yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, this guy is a fucking brute. And since he's taken control, since he's been put in this position, here you go. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, here you go. Cruise missile strikes into yep. civilian targets. Absolutely. Like, this is, this is that guy. This is the fucking, you know, this is basically the fucking A-listers of the fucking, you know, Nazi Germany. Yep. You know, kind of bullshit. Yep, 100%. And, um, the, and, uh, so, if it can go sideways, it'll go sideways, and now this guy's at the helm, so, expect more freaking atrocities atrocities because that's he's a brute i would i would argue that he is you know not even the good parts of mattis right or not even the parts of a tactician no he's a fucking piece of shit yeah right like fucking uh a professional soldier of arms does not fucking you know does not attack fucking playgrounds Mm -hmm. that shit's fucking off limits right yeah. yeah, but uh, and, and you know what it is? It's like you know what Putin shows his true colors. And you were mentioned like state-run media. I was watching something on Russian state-run media where they're talking about like, I mean, it it got real as far as like cutting off fucking Europe and punishing the fucking punishing the Eastern European nations that are on the periphery that used to be part of the Warsaw Pact, like, like, true, like, like no shit, fucking national socialist, fucking Nazi shit. Mm, mm. Right? Which is interesting, seeing the whole fucking premise, and I say that in quotations, of the fucking special operation in Ukraine was to remove Nazis, supposedly, Right? And, and these people on state-run media were like, fucking, we're going to wipe fucking Ukraine off the fucking map. It will never exist after we're done. And then we're going after the fucking Eastern European fucking countries that are aligning with NATO. Like, it was straight punish them. Fucking, like, no shit. Like, Russia Uberalis type shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, fuck, man. They, these guys doubled down big time. On the fucking let's be the fucking assholes of the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, but you know the thing though too, and and this is this is also another reason that I think um, the you, you, uh, momentum has really shifted in Ukraine's favor. Um, is that you know the people on the 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 people these people on Russian state television and all these people in um, Putin's ear have really lost touch with reality, man. Like it's the. I mean, nukes aside, again, the, nu- the, the nukes are the X factor in all of this and could change the entire dynamic of this war in a split second, right? But nukes aside, I mean, the, the everything, the, the, the Ukrainian army is not just, you know, it's, the Ukrainian army is, uh, is better equipped, has higher morale, is much smarter, is much more effective than the Russian army. 
Um, the you know again the the Russian army for reasons we've been talking about for the last couple of um, uh, months now is rotten through and through. Um, Maxwell, you said it earlier. They the the Russians just cannot beat the Ukrainians in a conventional war, and you know it's it's you know you have all of these kind of loonies on um, you know right wing um, you know uh, state television in Russia. That's just pushing Putin leadership further and further and further. And I guess, you know, my worry is that eventually Putin's going to um, see using a nuclear weapon as his last resort. And, you know, basically goad the West into fighting back. But, you know, if I was in Poland, Lithuania, um, Latvia, or some of these other, um, you know, uh, uh, NATO countries that were former satellites of the Soviet Union... um, I would actually be pretty confident right now that if, uh, again, nuclear weapons aside, but if you know Russia tried to roll its tanks up to their borders, I mean NATO is is just ready to kick the shit out of them. You know, I, it's just I that's and, and that's that's a very layman's term. I mean, like strategically, I guess they, they just the Finns are uh, would be a much much more formidable enemy than. Um, uh, 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 than um, the Russians. I mean, but every you know every um, uh, former Warsaw Pact country that's in NATO right now, it's again better equipped, ready to push back, ready to fight back, and really just uh, you know I would I would take any uh, you know um, any of the uh, NATO countries against Russia right now. So you know I think um, and that's the reality. That's you know so you know Maxwell, I, I, to your point, I, you know I I, I know that it's. Everybody on the, the the right is going crazy, but like you know, ultimately, like the 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 check is going to come due for this war. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, let me just say this, and from talking with our friend in April, like all this has done has strengthened the resolve of the Ukrainians. Because goddamn, you can't be more on the fucking side of right. Yes. Right? Um, in fact, shit, Lauren just messaged me uh, a thing from from her, right? Um, let me see what... Uh, thank you for messaging. I'm glad to see, see it from you. Yes, yesterday was feeling like it was 224 again. We're hiding in the hall. People are underground again in the metro, but, you know, we are not the same now. We know that we will survive and they will not break us. This made us uncomfortable for some time, but I believe that love will win. Here where we live to save, it's, uh, okay. Um, But they shoot at streets, buildings, and playgrounds. It's insane. Yesterday, they shot my favorite place in the park, Central Place, where we take, what? Where we walk. Okay. So that she just texted that. Mm -hmm. But to my point, and like she said, like, you, you will not break the Ukrainians. No matter what fucking bloody bullshit that they pull, you will not break them. They're gonna fucking win, and it's one of those things. Like, hey, we can get we can get on on the sidelines, push them as much shit as we want it. And it goes to win this, and you know, I don't know if there's like a certain hawkish part of me buried inside, but when I see 
fucking atrocities and shit like that, which is the same reason joined the fucking Marine Corps in the first place is to fucking tamp that shit out in the world. Like, I want to pick up a rifle and fucking fight. Yeah. And at a certain point, right, when you're lobbing cruise missiles into fucking playgrounds, yeah. uh-huh. time to fucking wipe the Russians off the goddamn face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yep, and it is, it's, yeah, I, yep, I, <laughs> I agree with all of that, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say, so, <laughs> yeah, I, nothing more to say. So, yeah. So, Harp, let me let me open it up to you. So now I got I got a question both together. Let, let's start with Harp. So, where is the end game here? I mean, like, how does you know Russia either win this war or pull itself out of it? Because ultimately, it's on Russia to either win or lose this, so to speak. Where, where, where do you think Putin's options are? I mean, I don't think he's gonna have an end game until somebody else steps in. Mm. I mean, nobody's really. Slapped them in the face, except the Ukrainians. So I mean, I, I mean, I think until somebody steps up and does something to him for lobbing those cruise missiles into playgrounds and places like that, I mean, he, they're going to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. He's been doing it the whole time. So mm-hmm. uh, he, I don't think he has it. He, he didn't have an end game. Nobody's giving him one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maxwell, what do you say about how the, the Putin in the end game, how this all ends? Yeah, let me just say, like, I, I really think that this dude's fucking days are numbered, right? They're going they're going deep into the bench for the biggest thugs and brutes that they got. I'm hoping that the palace intrigue of fucking Russia plays its course and this guy gets the whole fucking uh, Ides of March fucking routine done on him. Yeah, and this this is the big mystery that you know we've been talking about for the last couple months and that nobody in the West really knows, which is how you know how do you get rid of Putin? What at what point does this does this you know does the Russian elites does somebody close to him finally just say enough is enough, we're done? And I I, I have to admit that he is a um he has really done a good job of consolidating power. I do think that his um, power is much more brittle than we think, but at the same time, he's you know still in command. I you know so I was trying to game this out as well, and you know one of the reasons that this is going on is because um, it's either all or nothing for Putin. You know, it's either he wins and he continues as uh, Russia's president, or he loses and he gets you know sacked at best or um, you know falls out of a window at worst, and the um, you know there is no in Russian um, there is no um, real govern you know um, a governing mechanism in Russia for the peaceful transition of power. So it's either when he says enough and is enough and quits, which doesn't really seem like he's going to. Or yeah, it gets it gets bloody. There is an Ides of March type, you know, Game of Thrones type situation where, um, you know, has some of his military commanders or um, um, someone in the or you know group in the FSB finally say enough is enough and we're done with it. And and I mean the look the the other thing too is Russia has really really um, 
hurt themselves. In the, I mean, the long-term prospects for Russia right now are very dim. It, look, you're it basically cut off just about all... I don't, I, I don't know how much trade is still happening with Europe, but um, has uh, uh, cut off the vast majority of trade with Europe. As Harp said earlier, you know, Nissan, um, uh, international businesses are leaving in droves. The um, it's they have Russia has no more allies um, among NATO has strengthened has strengthened NATO. Uh, uh, Finland and Sweden are about to join. There has maybe a, a semi sympathetic voice in um, Viktor Orban in Hungary, but the longer and longer this goes on, and you know with every um, with every cruise missile attack into a civilian area, Viktor Orban's stature becomes diminished just a little bit, and, and you know. And uh, uh, Max, I think you're absolutely right. Like the people of um, Ukraine, the longer and longer this goes on, the more and more emboldened they become, the more and more hardened they become. And even if Russia were to somehow turn this around and um, invade and uh, uh, win in Ukraine, which I, I I personally think is is highly unlikely, uh, it still has to deal with an emboldened population that doesn't want them there, that knows that they can fight that um, knows that they can resist. So, you know, I, 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 I am of the opinion, I mean, this is just my two cents, I am of the opinion that um, while publicly, uh, the, you know, on state TV, uh, you know, the, um, uh, all of the pundits can get up and say, yeah, we're going to decapitate the, the, the Ukrainian government and we're going to take the whole, the whole country back. That's basically, that's just what they say to, um, <laughs> to Russian pensioners who are still gung-ho about this war and have, no idea how horrible it is. I think they're that, they're, bu- they're buying the they're buying the rubles from Roslyn Capital. Oh yeah, that's a little that's a little big. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of us might get that, but mm-hmm. here's an interesting point that I wanted to bring up because I knew a lady that was straight off the boat from Russia, and she worshipped Putin, mm-hmm. right? And Putin was great at fucking propaganda. And up until this fucking war, he did look strong. And he put the optics out there that he was man for the people, right? Until the fucking... And for a very long time, right? He always put it out there that he's a man of strength and a man of the people. And it was always these fucking feel-good stories or fucking, hey, he's going going after fucking oligarchs, which are all in his pocket, right? Uh, for the little guy. So he put that image up there and and this lady and many like her in Russia fucking straight up worshipped Putin, which is why he's been in power as long as he has, right? And we've had the same thing here in the fucking United States where you get this fucking megalomaniac fucking shit where people fucking worship politicians like they could do no wrong. And, uh, and, and fucking, that's fucking Putin. So, like, he's had that for so long. So here's the one fucking shit part, right? Like, this going down. And there's plenty of people that are fucking against it. Don't get me wrong. But there's probably a decent amount of fucking folks that are unaffected by this, mm, right? Because yeah. they don't have a son marching off to war that are like, well, this is for the fucking motherland. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's something that we won't see, but the divisiveness we have the same divisiveness in our mm. fucking country. Like people over fucking bullshit 
that doesn't even affect them personally, but because fucking MSNBC or Fox News told them to fucking hate their fellow Americans, mm-hmm. you know, they're at each other's goddamn throats over it, right? Mm-hmm. So you could have that dynamic happening in Russia. I'm, and by the one person, well, people, I know a dude straight off the boat from Russia that's like, fuck Putin. And I know a lady straight off the boat from Russia that's like, fucking Putin's God can do no wrong. Yeah. Yeah, we we got that here. Yeah, that's crazy. So on both sides. Yeah. On both sides. Yeah. So, so sort of to piggyback on that, I I I kind of think that um, it, it and again, this is my my two cents. Might be totally wrong, um, you know. But inside um the Kremlin, I I, I kind of think they're looking to hold on to these either these four annexed regions or maybe one of these regions just to save face to say that they won something and then pull out i think it would be a huge mistake for um actually i'm going to set up this next question for you maxwell i think it would be a huge mistake for ukraine to um let them take one of those territories um and and the united states as well i hope like if if that does become an option if that does become the kind of thing that that um you know the kremlin wants to bring you know uh, you know the carrot that it holds out to get ukraine to the table i am certainly hopeful that the us does not fall for it um because uh, you know 10 15 years from now they reconstitute and do it but that's what i'm thinking but now max let me ask you this let's just and actually hard open the hard uh, oh good Oh, real quick, Andy Milberg brought this up this morning, and he was like, "From because he's back in he's back in Ukraine, he's like the Ukrainians will do no such negotiations while there are still Russian boots on the ground in mm. Ukrainian territory. Mm. That absolutely will not happen, especially after these attacks. Fucking the Ukrainians are like fuck Russia. We're gonna push these bitches back into the country into the sea." Get them the fuck out of here. We will not sit at a negotiation table with these fucking butchers. Good, 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 good. That's actually how it should God, be. God, motivates yeah. me. Motivates yeah. me. Yeah. Heart, well, let's fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> so. Doc, you too. <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. Let me, let me open this up to, to both of you. We'll start with Maxwell. All right. Let's let's say, um, I don't know, best case scenario for Ukraine they route the Russian army, push them back, and uh, it, it basically uh, extend their territory out to what it was the day the war started. Should they continue and retake uh, Crimea? Ooh. You know what? Why not? Mm. That's a good question. That is a fucking good question. Mm. Because, let me, well, yeah, fucking, Pre- Zelensky wasn't the president when Crimea, because that was 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you had a large, you, you had a largely corrupt and ineffective fucking national government. But it's a different story now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who knows? Like, why not? Fuck, you know what, dude? Why not? Mm. That's like a, that's like fucking, was it the, uh, what the hell was it? Was it the Six Day War? When they tra- when the Arab countries tried to roll into Israel and fucking overthrow it, and then Israel kicked their ass and then took some land 
as a little consolation prize for the I, whole fucking thing. I believe I believe that was the six day war, yeah. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, new sheriff in town. Fucking why the fuck not? Mm-hmm. All right. Harp, let me open that up to you. Then they should push back and take you uh, take Crimea. I mean, I, w- I wish they would, but they're having a hard enough time just protecting what they've got. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to need some help from somebody over there. Mm-hmm. And they can really shut Russia, the, you know, they can really punch Russia in the mouth. Yeah. I just don't know why the other ones, I don't know why the other guys around don't want to play ball. Yeah. Makes no sense to me when you got Russia on the hills like that. Nobody else. Like, you mean, like, NATO or somebody? Well, any of those countries that are bordering those, that you know, like, we're, I mean, you know Russia's, like you said, Russia's going to keep going. Uh, yeah, I think... Yeah, that's a good point, man. Russia's lost, like, fucking, what, 60,000 people? And, and fucking a lot of their armor? Like, they're in no position. Like, if we dogpiled onto this fucking war, and, and and when I say we, like, anybody, could be NATO, could be us, whatever. Like, they're not even in a fucking position to fucking strike out. Like, if Poland were to join in, or yeah. anybody, yeah. what is, like, Russia can't even, they're fucking calling up reserves and having mass defections, right? Just to pour bodies into fucking Ukraine. I can't even get them fucking trained. They're going into fucking prisons and shit, right? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this would be the if there was a moment, this would be the moment, right? Yeah, you know. And the I mean, that's what I'm saying. They 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 need to just move in on. Yeah, I th- I think everybody everybody is still again. Nuclear is the big. Um, is the big question mark, and I, I agree. If if the um, if nukes were not on the table, then uh, I think I think it might have even happened already. You know what I mean? But yeah, the, I, I agree. The, I agree. Uh, yeah, if nukes weren't on the table, this would be a done fucking deal. Yeah, yeah. And, because mm-hmm. looking at the Russians' conventional fight performance, like we'd be like, oh yeah, we're gonna we just came out of twenty years of fight. We're mm-hmm. gonna fuck these people up. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes you have to call their bluff. I mean, he's been bluffing this long. Like you said, yes, 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 you know? Yeah. Yep. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. I mean, if, if, my aunt, if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Although, you know, you gotta... on the other hand, the argument right. against... Um, you know, uh, uh, neighboring countries sending troops is that up to now, the Ukrainians are doing a pretty good job on their own. So, um, to imagine how good they could be doing it. Well, yeah, a yeah, bit yeah. The uh, where I do think, um, where I do think that uh, the U.S. and NATO countries will definitely need to step up is after this is over. Um, to give a ton of assistance rebuilding the country and and I think. Oh hell no! Hell no! Oh hell, no! Hell, no. Was that? Go over and rebuild it for them. That's what we try to do in the Middle East, and we see where that got it. Oh well, well, it, I think I think you got apples and oranges there because and our government, our government, our government for the best thing for Ukraine, they better keep our government out of it. No, no, no. I, 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 I disagree there because I think um, trying to, to to trying to rebuild you know, Iraq. Corrupt politicians are going to send their construction crews over there. Well, I here's here's that, where I disagree. That's something that's going to get built upside down. 
No, no. Here's, here's why I disagree about that because I think that um, you know, in Iraq and Afghanistan, it was a, di- a little bit different because you had a, a, a an active insurgency. Like trying to rebuild during wartime is um uh is, is, is like and especially in the war that we were fighting, the way we ran it was um was was pretty awful. But um, but after again, this is assuming that the war is over. There's no more hostilities. Um, uh, then I think Ukraine. Uh, I think that we can definitely um, support them, and, um, and and we can't just yeah obviously give them blank checks. But um, but that's that's in the future. My thought on Crimea is the the thing that I don't know is um, since 2014, how russified is it? Like how Russian is it? If Ukraine were to, I, I mean, is it is is there? Still, a you know a core Ukrainian population that does not want to live under Russia there, or uh, that is you know willing to take them in, or will Ukraine have to go? In, 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 assuming they you know um, uh, go in after uh, after like you know winning the current war, if they go in, are they going to be faced with a you know the, essentially the uh, stiff Russian uh, insurgency and resistance, and basically turn Crimea into. Um, how can I say this? A Russian, um, a Russian nationalist rallying cry for the next hundred years, um, and 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 turn to that. So I, I think there's a lot of it goes into because Crimea was. I read a little bit of the history. Crimea was gifted to um, Ukraine from uh, Russia by Nikita Khrushchev. I want to say, and um, in the uh, in the fifties or sixties. I apologize. I don't have the exact. A date and uh, exact accurate historical information around it. So, it historically has been um, a part of Russia. So that's a, so that's a little sticky, but um, I, yeah, I, I, so I I don't know. I think a lot of it depends. But I don't know if they see an opportunity and if they do think that conditions are um, right for it. Then um, uh, yes, I guess basically what I'm saying is if they're not going to inherit a huge insurgency then perhaps they should go ahead and do it. Does that make sense? So, yeah. All right. All right, fellas. Well, here we are. We are at the end. Maxwell, let me open it up to you. What are your um, final thoughts? Man, my final thoughts are freaking, you know, hearts with Ukraine right now. Uh they're going through some shit, but they got some resolve, and they're going to fucking win. There's, uh, and it's good to hear from, you know, like from Andy Milburn that like this resolve of the fucking Ukrainians and their fucking grit, they will not give up. All right, good to go. Harp, what is your final thought? I wonder how many more big companies are going to leave Russia. Mm. You know that Nathan was going to be a big blow. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot of jobs. I'm sure all Russians work there. Is he going to employ all those people? Is Nathan not there anymore? Good question. Be interesting to see. Good question. Good question. My final thought. Um, in a couple of weeks, uh, the American uh, midterm elections will be held. And uh, it's right now, it's looking as if Republicans are going to, at the very least, take over the House. 
um, possibly the Senate. I don't have a crystal ball, so I don't know if that's going to happen. But if um, you know, historical patterns hold up, then uh, uh, the Republicans are going to make some gains and uh, make some pretty steady advancements and uh, take at least at least one of the two um, chambers of Congress uh, next month. Like I said last week, this is the one bipartisan issue that it seems like um, we have major agreement on by, by the, the, um, the majority of each party. I just ask if Republicans do take over um, Congress next, uh, next month that we still keep uh, providing assistance to Ukraine, we still keep the heat on, we still maintain um, our support for them, and I hope that it does not become a political bargaining chip because uh, so far um, I believe that we have done a, a good job. Could be doing a little more, but at the same time, um, uh, overall, I think we have done a good job, and I want to see our support continue. So those are my two cents. All right, everybody. Well, thank you all so very much. Maxwell, thank you. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Harp, thank you so much. Always fun. All right, all right. Everybody, we all love talking to you each and every week. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week.